is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I'm joined by a pretty dope panel, two awesome dudes. As you can see over on the far side, one Andy Cortez, the Nitro Rifle, is joining us from home, and that means we got some dope games to talk about. Andy, how are you? Very, very excited to be here, Mikey, in Paris. Yes, man. We're so pumped to have you. Andy, of course, last time you were on, we talked all things Woe Long Fallen Dynasty, a real fun game from Team Ninja. And today, we're going to talk Lies of P, you and I, in Paris over here, about how this could be the next big hit title for all you Soulsborns fans out there. Uh, I'm pretty excited to talk about that with you, Andy. Let's do it. I'm so... Paris, what's good, my guy? It's great to see you back again for another week. Of course, Gary Witta, my gaming dad is out, but I got you, Pops, and you and I have a whole lot to catch up on because you went down to the crypt. Yeah, that's right, to see the L.A. Lakers go on. Tell me all about that experience with Team Xbox. Well, first of all, always good to see you. Always good to, again, be on a show with, with Andy. I, I look forward to seeing both of you. In a, in a few days down here in kind of rainy, but hopefully sunny by then, yes. Los Angeles. Uh, I'm slightly under the weather, so I apologize in advance. Anyone listening to, to my voice, it might sound a little nasally, but hopefully I'll be good by WrestleMania. But but yeah, Xbox uh, invited me last, last Friday to go to the crib to attend the Los Angeles Lakers uh, Oklahoma City Thunder game um, as a part of the 75th anniversary of the Lakers. <coughs> Excuse me. Xbox partner up with them and um, they had um, some custom uh, Xbox Series S's that kind of chronicled different eras of the Lakers like they had the Minneapolis Lakers. They had the, the first three Pete with the 80s Lakers with Magic. They had the second three Pete with Kobe and Shaq. Then they had the um, the back to back uh, with Kobe and Powell. And then they also celebrated the the last 2020 championship uh, with LeBron and AD. Um, I got to put on the Lakers 2020 championship ring. That was wild to see how heavy that thing is. When, and I had my son with me too. He, he had a blast and uh, he got to do the same thing. And after the game was over, we got to go down on the court and uh, shoot some hoops for a little bit. So I know, you know, I posted some, some photos online. People may have seen that, but uh, it was a great night. Again, thank you to Xbox. Thank you to the Los Angeles Lakers uh, for the invite. Uh, it, it's a night I definitely won't forget. And uh, and I know my son won't forget it because uh, he had an absolute blast being there. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So just again, thank you. Thank you to I'll, Xbox I'll, for that. I'll, you know what, Paris? That's pretty badass. I'll save all my shit talking. I'm not going to shit talk. Okay. 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 You're not going <laughs> to bring it up. Okay. That, that's a oh. really cool experience, Mike. Yeah. And I, 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 I got to give it to him. I have one other thing yes. for people that are watching the video. So this, if it comes into focus, this is a custom Xbox Lakers controller to Sweet. celebrate that 75th anniversary. Xbox and Lakers gave that to me and uh, I will keep it forever. I will put it next to my car. Can't cook custom Lakers controller. I made myself a couple of years ago, but uh, yeah, it was a great night. Really had a lot of fun. We're going to get some autographs on that right there. Yeah. Paris. We got to yeah. get some autographs on that. Got to get Bron to sign that is right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that, Paris. It sounds like a great night. I know me and Andy are a little jealous as hoop fans like yourself. We love hearing about cool experiences like that, especially going onto the hardwood. What an experience to be able to shoot hoops. That's pretty sweet right there, Paris. I can always say that I made a three, an NBA three-pointer on the Los Angeles Lakers court. I can always say that for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's pretty sweet right there. Bucket when, list getting buckets. Oh, <laughs> Andy. Now, talking about the 
consoles. Of course, we saw the photo that you put up there, of course, chronicling all 75 years. Which one was the best, though? Because you have some great highlights you brought up, of course, Magic and his three-peat. You brought up Kobe and his three-peat. Which one looks the best, though? My favorite was the was the Kobe and Shaq, the three-peat. That, that design, that was probably my favorite one that they had. They were all great to, to see all of them, but that was probably my favorite one. And then just on a personal level, that's when I, I became a Los Angeles Laker fan in 96 uh, when Shaq left Orlando and went to L.A. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a Laker fan, too. So I started following the Lakers, and ironically enough, Kobe came in as a rookie, and you know the rest is history from there. So to that era of Lakers basketball will always be special to me. Sweet. Absolutely sweet right there. Of course, if you're watching over on our video feed, you can see Roger, our director for today, is putting up some great feeds of Paris, his son, and of course those sweet Xbox Series S consoles and that big old ring on your finger right there. That's pretty special there, Paris. Pretty sweet. Yeah, it was probably, again, it was it was a great night. I had a lot of fun. Oh, man, that's awesome to hear. I'm glad to have you back for another week of X-Cast episodes. And, of course, to have Andy on. We're going to have a ton of fun talking with him about a brand-new game that everybody needs to know about. But I do have one sorrow goodbye that we have to talk about. Last weekend, we said goodbye to the Diablo 4 beta. And now we have to wait <laughs> patiently until June. And I know, Andy, you and I shared some great moments trying to take down the world boss, which we were clearly underleveled for, not prepared, ready to rock and roll for that big old demon. But... What a great time it was to look back on that. I did try the Druid out the second weekend. They opened up the Necromancer and the Druid. I thought I would really dig that play style. I just absolutely didn't, unfortunately. And so I think I'm going to stick with the Sorcerer. But I had a ton of fun throughout these two weekends. And I hope our audience did too. Andy, looking back on those two weekends, what's the hype level? What were some of the highlights from it? I think the most, the biggest bummer that I had was realizing when the actual release date was. I don't know it was that far off. Like, I should have known. It's something that, you know, we always have a game calendar kind of within arm's reach that we can always kind of pull up. But with these two back-to-back betas, I thought this was going to happen a lot sooner. So, yeah, I'm pretty damn bummed out. Uh, but you and I still have the Destiny raid to sort of take on. Yes. So we can we can do Diablo in the future. Um, I did hear, though, Mike, that the Druid is by far the class that does start off the most rough, and then mm. it really picks up after, like, level 6 or 7 or something like that. So, like, maybe, you know, maybe don't say goodbye to it forever, because I know you were really, really jazzed about the Druid class, and it seems like a lot of the internet is kind of agreeing with each other, saying, like, yeah, super unfun at the beginning, and then it picks up, and that's when the abilities get really, really engaging. Okay, I will, I will, I will commit to the Druid as of right now. We'll see if I stick with it. That Sorcerer was a ton of fun, calling up the Flame Hydra, hitting the Teleport to get some distance. I love that class, and I love that build. But Andy, are you going to stick with the Assassin? I think so, yeah, I think okay. so. I've always been a, a an arrow dude. I, I, any class that I can play in, uh, sort of an archer in, I'm a big fan of. And plus, I just loved that sort of quick action nature of it. When I when I posted those videos, uh, people in my YouTube comments are like, Andy, for the love of God, please buy more skills. I was like, oh, yeah, my bad. Like, because remember, if you remember, like, I, I rated you on Twitch. Yes. And then and then that's when I kind of unlocked everything that I could use. So, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with Rogue. I had a lot of fun with it. A lot of neat abilities kind of getting in and out of the action. And, um, yeah, just a lot of the abilities that allow you to get more traversal, even if you're not using those moves for attacking, you can still dash away. Uh, and so I kind of like that escapability aspect. 
Paris, two weekends. Did you get your hands on it? I know the last time we talked, you were kind of busy. What did you think if you did get to play? <laughs> I didn't. I so oh, didn't. Oh, man, you missed the hype, Paris. You missed it. Yeah. I know, I know. It's just last weekend, you know, obviously the Lakers stuff, and then there was just other family stuff going on in the weekend. I just, I just didn't get a chance to play. I didn't. So, so Diablo st- is still all brand new to me because I barely dipped my toe into it. So, Par- Paris, do you have um, a Steam Deck with, you know, like special privileges? Do you oh. have a, oh, like a special Steam Deck with like maybe you could put stuff on there that doesn't belong just on the Steam Deck? I can like, confirm or deny existence you got, you of such a thing. You got games on that Steam you got, Deck? You got them games? Like you got to wink when you say the games. Because I know a couple of friends had Diablo 4 put on their Steam Deck, and I need to figure out how to do that. Mm. Um, no, I, I don't. A, unfortunately, no, I do not. In the most legal way possible. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. My Steam Deck is still collecting dust somewhere Jesus. in my room. I don't know where it is right now, but I'll find it eventually and we'll play some games on that thing. But guys, we got a ton of fun because we got a whole lot of games to talk about from Lies of P with Andy Cortez to, of course, a brand new DLC. DLC number two for Forza Horizon 5 is now out. Rally Adventures and me and Paris got to go early on. A little preview build of the game before it released today, so we can't wait to tell you all about our adventures out in the rally. But We'll share all that because right now this is the kind of funny X-Cast. We post each and every Thursday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, and of course on podcast services around the globe. Don't forget, kind of funny is now Epic Games Partners, which means you can support us in a brand new way if you buy anything off the Epic Games store. If you're upgrading your look in Fortnite, Rocket League, or maybe even Fall Guys, please use our Epic Creator code, kind of funny, at checkout. To help to support us in a brand new way. And talking about support, of course, it's the end of the month. March is almost ready to say goodbye, but we want to thank those who supported us over on Patreon throughout the month of March, just like our Patreon producers, Tripod, Double Plus Plus, and, of course, Delaney Twining. Thank you both so much for your support. This week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is brought to you by Rocket Money and Shady Rays. But myself and the team will tell you all about that in just a little bit. Let's talk games. Let's talk about a really dope one. Come to Xbox consoles very soon. Andy Cortez, fill me in on Lies of P. Let's start off with it. If people don't know what Lies of P is, what is it first? Lies of P is a game that's kind of been on every hardcore Dark Souls from software Bloodborne fans radar ever since it first got showed off. Lies of P is a Soulsborne style game where you play as... Uh, a version of Pinocchio in a in a world where um, there are a lot of badass automatons you got to take down. Um, Geppetto's in the game, Jiminy Cricket's in the game, in different forms, right? This is a very, very dark take on this tale. Uh, and uh, fortunately, I, I have it. I'm not super up on my Pinocchio lore, so I don't <laughs> didn't recognize a whole lot of the references, Mike, except for the fact that Whenever you, uh, if you die and you hit a loading screen, the little, uh, the loading bar is uh, Pinocchio's nose growing, <laughs> which yes. is really, really cute. So that's a, a nice little Easter egg. But Liza P has been, yeah, one of these games that has been like, we, we get a lot of these, these souls likes that pop up that you look at and you go, ooh, could this be the one? It, might this be the one that actually delivers on the hype and actually works out, right? Um, I was, so excited when i walked into this xbox thing with mike the other day for gdc because i had no idea this game was going to be there 
Um, and I will say that I think Lies of P is going to deliver on everything we want from a Souls-like that isn't made by From Software. Um, this feels like the most authentic Souls experience without it being a From Software game. Um, there are a lot of really neat additions and evolutions of mechanics that I think really help out the gameplay. Um, when you, whenever you start off in the game, I'd say this is most similar to Bloodborne, right? Not just from the way it looks, but from the way you, like your starting classes are. Um, in Bloodborne, you have three different options of weapons you can choose from. And because From Software likes, you know, being a little bit obtuse of their descriptions, they don't really tell you what the differences are. It's just you know that there's three different weapons. Here, it's a little bit more user-friendly in that uh, whenever you start off a new character, it says, do you want to go with the, I have it right here, it's called the Path of Crickets, which is a balanced type of character. You have a normal sword. Um, do you want to go with the Path of Bastards, which is like the agility type? And you have more of a fencing sort of rapier weapon. And it's really good for long distance, but mm. kind of does shit damage, right? But it's good for like poking from long distance. And you also are able to <clears throat> backdash away from enemies. And then there's the path of sweepers, which is called like the tenacity sort of um, class. And if anybody's familiar with FromSoft games, if you know the weapon, the Giza's wheel, it's like a... It's a big stick with a wheel that spins on the end of it. Uh, that's kind of uh, what that class is. And so you're more lumbering, you're a bit heavier, but your weapon does a lot more damage. Probably tougher to get out of attacks and things of that nature. Um, the environment, though, absolutely gorgeous. It's just visually a really good-looking game. Uh, this is developed by Round 8 Studio, and they've only ever developed one other game, called Bless Unleashed, which I guess is a biopic or a biography on Blessing Adioye Jr. Oh, yes, of course. It's called it's called Bless Unleashed. I had no idea this game existed. It came out in 2019. It's an online game. So Blessing, I think there's a possibility for sponsorship here. Um, but this is their second game. And I yeah, I think it's going to totally deliver on everything that we want from a Souls-like type experience. Um, everything from the enemies to the level design to getting shortcuts to, like... It's got the most one-to-one -one sort of nature from getting uh, an actual Souls game from, from, from software. And I am just beyond excited for this title. Yes. You're sharing the hype, and you got me excited. And I think that's why I had to bring you on to the X-Cast this week, because I know we wanted to share this awesome game with everyone out there. And seeing you at that GDC event, smiling from ear to ear and talking to me about it, I thought, man, I got to pick his brain and see what's up. And so... Great rundown, Andy. Let's start to get into the finer details. Of course, kind of the top level one is like, what makes a good Souls game, Andy, right? Like, what are we looking for as maybe casual fans or hardcore fans? What are the must-dos in the Souls-like genre? And then what is this game doing to hit those marks for you? Well, I, I think that one thing that only FromSoft kind of does special like in terms of like the one thing that always sets from software apart from the other games from the other souls likes um is usually like their their lore and their world building and how they are trying to tell the story without having cutscenes explicitly tell you and hold your hand and kind of give you every different little cinematic um 
I think that what I think what a lot of games fail at is making the game outside of the combat more interesting. And I think that's some of the issues that I had with Wolong. I just wasn't really super into what was happening world building wise. Um, and I know that like, you know, Koei Tecmo and often has like different takes on what lore and how lore should be told. But I just found like the voice acting to be kind of cheesy and, and not awesome. But um, yeah, I think this game, Mike, just kind of really evolves the formula <laughs> in a really neat way while keeping the core combat intact of it's still going to be super methodical. You want to stay within range. There might be multiple enemies, maybe take out the weaker ones quicker. And then uh, you've got your parry, you've got your backdash. The movement is very, very similar to Bloodborne, as well as the healing, the really, really fast heal. If you remember in Bloodborne, you kind of... Bloodborne, you stab your your thigh with like a little health thing, and here you kind of like break some sort of uh, health vial in your hand. One really neat evolution there is that if you're out of health vials, the way that Bloodborne really wanted you to get aggressive with your gameplay in this game, in Lies of P, whenever your health bar, whenever your your uh, health vials are all the way out, the more you attack, you are building a new health vial. So if you're at zero health vials and you're like, shit, I'm kind of screwed, you're kind of, uh, you know, you're kind of being told by the game devs, hey, get aggressive, because the more you get hits on enemies, you'll build back another health vial. And then you can use that again to kind of get more health back. Um, really neat additions like that. Um, the, the There are parries with, with like perfect guards. You can, you can guard from an attack. And you're going to take some chip damage like you normally would in, in a Souls game. But just like Bloodborne, that health is able to be regained. So if you do take chip damage, you can go in for more attacks and get that health back on your on your health bar. Um, but of course, there are perfect parries that will stun an enemy. And really even cooler, because a lot of these enemies are automaton based, right? They all have like kind of they're all like these robot sort of creepy automatons. Sometimes if you parry, you can break the weapon that they're using. And then they're just kind of screwed. Um, so whenever they attack you, you have the ability to perfect parry them. It'll smash the item that they're using. And then they're pretty much useless now. Now you can just kind of fight them without the threat of really being hurt. Um, there's just a lot of really neat evolutions that I'm really digging. Um, along with the... I'd, I'd say back to your question, Mike, of like what makes a From Software game a From Software game and how do other developers make a good from software game level design you want to have really awesome kind of winding paths and then suddenly you get to a new quote-unquote bonfire and suddenly you realize oh shit i'm back in that one spot that i was two hours ago how the hell did they manage to do that without me even really noticing what direction i was going in those are always like the nice little uh the nice little uh cherries on top you know like it aside from the cool combat and the the world uh the world aesthetics kind of having really awesome moments of level design always are are really a, a neat little uh cherry on top right there yeah i like the, i love the look of the world right you talk about it i am interested in the story i don't know if it will grab me right like what is the world of pinocchio am i into that andy cortez how do you make that fun and exciting to be kind of interested to play, but like when you look at it, right, we're showing it on screen right now. 
it looks like Bloodborne, like straight up. You got yeah. the very mm -hmm. gothic look to it. It's dark. It's eerie. This has my interest peaked on the look itself. And then, of course, coming down to gameplay, we see this grappling hook right there. Andy, I love the idea of that. Can you tell me a little bit more on is that a weapon or is that just a, an extra piece of equipment? Yeah, those are pieces of equipment that I think you start off with, whether you go with the path of bastards or the path of balance or the path of sweepers or whatever the three different starting classes are and what those uh again it's another thing that they took from another from software game that i won't i'm not going to say like from software came up with this idea but your left arm is essentially an automaton robot arm and one of the classes you have you have a grappling hook that you can grapple towards enemies and if you time it right will do a really neat kind of attack animation. Or you can grapple enemies towards you to bring them into you. Uh, and there is a bar there, so it's not just an unlimited sort of uh, item you can use. Another one of the items is like an electrocution sort of, like you stun enemies when you get really close. I only ever really tried using it on larger enemies, and I think that they were pretty like, I, that, electric, that electrocution's not going to do anything to me. Like, you know, get that shit out of my face. So that didn't really do much to these enemies that I was trying to attack, but I think it works on the smaller kind of, you know, more mob type enemies. But uh, it does seem like there are some really neat paths of uh, leveling up those different abilities in the game. Um, and unfortunately, they're not used for traversal. Like, you know, we know in, in Sekiro, you have your grapple hook that you kind of like will zip towards all these different little grappling spots. It is not used for that. Initially, I thought that's what it was going to be. So I was a little bit let down by that. But again, this game is not really supposed to play like Sekiro. It's supposed to play, like you said, just like Bloodborne. It's, mm -hmm. It looks like Bloodborne. You don't have a... You're not really running around with a shield. So um, that sort of uh, gameplay where you're maybe a little bit more cautious than normal isn't really going to fly here. You're going to be needing to dash and use your iframes to go through attacks, to dash away from enemies. Um, and there are different little starting classes you can make. Like you can kind of, um, if you think of Elden Ring, the talismans, right? The talismans are little passive things that might gain you more health, or maybe you get health back whenever you do a critical attack. There are different abilities in here that you can start off with and kind of build out the loadout that you want, where maybe I, I move faster when I'm backstepping, or maybe I take less of a stamina drop whenever I block. There's a lot of different things you can kind of customize your character with. Um, I know there's a couple of aesthetic choices you can do, like you can have different armors. I'm not, I didn't really get too much into the finding different armors, so I'm not sure whether they affect your, your build out or not. But when you look at the way the stats look, I mean, it is like it is stereotypical from soft. Like you have all your your health, your uh, stamina. But of course, they have different words for him because you got to have different words and look a lot cooler. They have uh, vitality, vigor, tenacity, capacity, motivity, <laughs> technique and advance. Yes. Don't know what the hell half of these things do, Mike, but I'm sure they're pretty you good. You got to spice it up, Andy Cortez. Yeah. And yeah, that's the fun stuff, of course, when I think of our experiences. You and I have shared so much Souls-like gaming together with our co-op Elden Ring. And of course, all throughout Dark Souls is, you know, what I'm looking for is a lot of weapon choice, right? I love different types of weapons. I love the different play styles that those weapons or even magic will allow me as the player to use. And that's what I'm kind of looking for from this. Tell me it, Paris. Go ahead, Paris. 
Oh, sorry, y'all. I was, I was waiting for him to answer that. No, I, I was just going to throw in because obviously all the Bloodborne comparisons make total sense. What about something like Returnal? Does that make um, from a gameplay standpoint? I mean, just, I mean, you know, just I watching the video. I would say, like, when it comes to like, I'd say Returnal is. I think it's going to bring that level of difficulty for yeah, sure. and that's kind of what uh, I'm leaning towards. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd say like I found myself struggling quite a bit. Uh, but Mike, we all know I'm a great gamer, right? I'm gonna you blame are. it on the I'm gonna blame it on the TV. All right. I'm yeah, gonna... he was mad at the TV, Paris, just so you know. He's very mad at it. This was this was one of those things, Paris, that I had to walk around and I walked into more Hussein from GameSpot and Giant Bomb and I was like, Hey Tam, do you think the TV? He's like, It's on game mode. It's not it's not on game mode, right? I was like, right, it's not on game mode, dude. I felt like a noticeable lag. Um I would say like when I think of return, I think more of like that bullet hell jumping stuff. Mm. Uh, jumping and dashing here there's no jumping um mm-hmm. you are just essentially rolling or dashing backwards or I, I believe it's like single tap to do your front or side or back step and then double tap the dodge button to do your actual roll to get a, a little bit better of a uh of an evasive maneuver there um i'd say the gameplay though like i i i hate just saying like yeah this is just straight up bloodborne but like this is bloodborne involved i would say um whether it's for the better or worse we'll see um because i think what really kind of will sell me on this game as a whole is like the grandiose boss fights yes that's what i was will gonna we get, get next yeah. will we get that and that's that that remains to be seen because i did get to fight one boss in this world it was like a giant sort of automaton looking thing um had a really cool move set, but I wasn't really super wowed by it. And I don't think I was supposed to be super wowed by it because it wasn't like a big boss arena with a crazy kind of cutscene. It's just like this large enemy I went up and attacked and then the boss bar at the bottom popped up. So it was a uh, less of this sort of presentational boss that you'd get in your normal Souls games. Um, but I, I, I do know that those are going to be in the game and I do hope that they are plenty. I will say when it comes to weapons though, Mike, I do feel like this is going to be more on the Bloodborne side where you don't have a shitload of weapons mm. to choose from or a, a shitload of loadouts. Like, there were some really neat weapons in this demo, but I do think it's going to be closer to Bloodborne where it felt like the the weapon count was maybe a third or a fourth of what you'd get in a Souls game, um, which I like. I think there's less to master there. I think there's less to experiment with, and therefore less time wasted on weapons that you may not dig uh the weapon that we're seeing on screen is really cool it's like this long sort of it looks like a massive sword but at the end of it again this game is very automaton based everything's very mechanical in this world and the end of it sort of spins like a screw so you have your light attacks you have your your uh heavy attacks and then you have like special kind of moves now what i'm interested to see is how does this weapon work with because I've seen the way the normal sword works with the grapple hook when I go towards an enemy. How do the other weapons kind of work with uh, the different uh, abilities? So that's what right. I'm excited to see. Oh, right. look, this is Tam actually playing this. I didn't yeah. realize it. Yeah, that's exciting stuff, Andy. Yeah, you kind of hit the things that I'm looking for when it's a Soulsborne-like game, right? I'm looking for cool level design. I'm looking for dope weapons, some great tight gameplay, an awesome, fun, like, interesting story i i agree with you right the people over at from software know how to tell like a weird story that i'm always questioning what the heck is going on but i'm still intrigued 
right? Like some people dive deep into the lore like you. Maybe it's me where it's just like, hey, I'm scratching the surface and I kind of know where I'm going and what I'm doing. I'm looking for something that just keeps me pushing forward. And then most importantly, the boss fights, right? And that was my biggest critique coming out of Wolong is none of those bosses that we fought throughout those games are memorable. The only ones that were memorable was because the difficulty spike was through the yeah. roof and we got uptight about it, right? Like none of them were like, oh man, Andy, do you remember when this boss was a giant deer and the music was playing and we were all going crazy? Like none of them felt like that. And so when I look at this, I go, okay, can you replicate that? Can you hit me with a really awesome couple of boss fights that I'll remember? And so I, I am looking forward to seeing what could happen there. Do you know on the flip side, of course, myself and Paris, I'll lump you in with me because we still tease you about Elden Ring. We're not the best Souls-like gamer no. like you, Andy. And sometimes <laughs> no. I need a hand. I need a teammate. Do you know at all if this game is going to be co-op? Did they tell you anything about that? I didn't I didn't see that at all. I didn't really... Um, uh, there was a gentleman there who was kind of being bombarded by another member of the press <laughs> that I did. So Somebody that I didn't know, but Paris, like this guy like... Um, he was there with the publisher, right? He wasn't there with the dev team, and he was just getting questions left and right. And the guy kept being like, oh, "I don't work on the game side." He was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. "You could tell, like, he just felt uncomfortable because, like, the guy <laughs> just kept on like pressing him. He was like, "Well, can I get you on camera for an interview?" And the guy's like, "I don't really. I've never done an interview." He's like, "Oh, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it." Sets up a camera, puts up a big light. I was like, "God, I feel so bad for this dude behind wow. me." <laughs> but no, I didn't ask. I, I didn't have really a, a whole lot of chances to ask about what was happening, mostly because I just wanted to kind of get engrossed with it and um see what there was in the world when it comes to like what are the what are the parallels here what's a bonfire in this world what is a uh, a weapon upgrade in this world what's a weapon art in this world or like a special attack you know yeah um so i was just kind of like trying to make those comparisons and and see if there was anything that i could really um like bring to today's show you know okay well i love the rundown Andy. and i know you got me excited i'm sure you got parents excited and all of the listeners and viewers some positive notes on the xbox side of things of course Looks like it's coming to Game Pass, right? So you got a big Huge. win there. If you want to try a game and you're not hesitant on it, you can jump right in, enjoy it with Game Pass. Always a big win. And, of course, it's coming. They have it slated right now on the website, August twenty or August 2023. So we'll see if that sticks. But uh, you're going to get a dope game here in yeah. this year, and it's on Game Pass. I love seeing that. Andy, closing thoughts or closing remarks that everybody needs to know about this game moving forward heading into August. I mean, really, at this point, it just feels like like I'm crossing my fingers because I, I feel like we we always we've seen a lot of games with a lot of potential. We've seen a lot of souls like games that come out that go, oh, is this kind of the one that might tide me over until the next from soft offering? Right. And a lot of times you, you're able to pick apart a lot more of their weaknesses because maybe they just don't have that special sauce. This one, it's like. It, it seems almost too good to be true, and I and I hope that it's not. I hope that it actually comes out and, and does deliver on multiple levels. But so far, it's like, God, I, I hope this game doesn't actually disappoint me. Because I, I, I'm more worried that I came out of that demo a lot higher than I should be, and maybe it's going to disappoint me. I hope that it ends up being a banger. Because, again, day one Game Pass, that is an insanely good option for you. Oh, I love that. Uh, well, Andy, I got to tell you about a banger that came out today. Myself and Paris are going to fill you in on what you need to know about with the new DLC coming to Forza Horizon 5. 
But I'll tell you about that right after a word from our sponsors. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. Try it free for 30 days is enough time to try and completely forget about a subscription or service. Before you know it, you're paying for a subscription that you don't use every single month. With Rocket Money, you can change that with a few quick taps. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Rocket Money helped me realize I had a few subscriptions that I just completely don't even need anymore. Uh, And now I'm saving that cash money, baby. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kinda funny that's rocketmoney.com slash kinda funny one more time rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny shout out to shady rays for sponsoring this episode do you want to look as cool as i look yes you do and you can you can take on the sun with gear built to last our friends at shady rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an unbeatable price shady rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that i've ever worn in my life every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked you can wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase exclusively for you listeners shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season you can go to shadyrays.com and use the code kind of funny you can get 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses you can try for yourself the shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people promo code kind of funny at shadyrays.com all right guys welcome back paris i'm ready to get you involved in this conversation i'm ready to bring the hype back to andy here because it is time to get him back behind the wheel and all of our friends on the xbox side of things need to know that forza horizon 5 rally adventure the second dlc is now available to go out there and purchase download and go and play but man oh man you and i Got early access into this. Of course, thank you to Playground Games and Xbox for allowing us to jump in early, give you all the big rundown of what you need to know with this DLC, and most importantly, how freaking good it is because it is (laughs) the bomb, Paris. I have spent about 10 hours with this. I have done all of the races. Of course, now I'm on the hunt to grab all the collectibles. I am happy, Andy, that I, Snowbike Mike, drove on all the roads, so Phil Spencer, if you're listening out there, oh, hopefully oh, oh. I beat you and I was the one to get all the roads first because Phil always up. be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was showing up in mind. <laughs> I, I see that, yeah. So let's jump into it, Paris. I'm going to give some quick up, or I'll give the quick overview for everyone and then let's talk about our experience together with this. Of course, this is Rally Adventures. The theme, of course, is Rally Racing, which is all about knowing or not knowing What's coming ahead of you? It's all about the unknown, which is really, really special. And what I like about it, of course, it's all about ripping through new terrain, different terrain, and engaging terrain. And most importantly, new terrain, Andy Cortez, because it's taking you to a brand new location just north of our Mexico setting in Forza Horizon 5 is Sierra Nueva, which is a brand new setting that will give you a brand new area to go racing, just like what we saw with Forza Horizon Hot Wheels. So you'll travel to a new part on the map mini open world that you can rip through 
32 roads, Andy, just so you know, but a lot of terrain in between the roads. So don't let that number discourage you. There's a lot of terrain between the roads that you're going to get lost on and really, really enjoy. Of course, the over-the-top presentation is there, just like you would expect out of Forza Horizon. You have a great opening sequence where you're jumping over a plane, a helicopter is flying above you, <laughs> and you are going to have a ton of fun. The biggest piece about this is rally, right? Rally racing is a big-time thing that a lot of drivers know and love. And, of course, if you don't know, you're going to learn all about it. And the coolest part is with rally racing, it's about your co-driver. So in this, your co-driver is not sitting in the seat next to you. They're in the helicopter above you. And this is a dynamic helicopter that will follow you no matter where you go on the course. It will slow down. It will speed up. It will tell you what is the next big turn ahead of you, which is really, really cool because you'll hear the callouts, the rally callouts from your co-driver ahead, and then you'll plot out your course as you're driving in the moment, which is really, really rad and exciting stuff. Uh, there's a brand new radio station. Andy, if you want to crank up the tunes and get a little pop punk going on, oh. you got a new radio station, which is cool. That's going to be in the base game. Of course, 10 new cars and a whole lot of fun to be had. So, Paris, that's the quick overview. I'm sure I missed a little bit, but we're going to fill in the gaps right now with our impressions. What did you think of Rally Adventure? Oh, I absolutely loved it. Um, I had a lot of fun with this. This actually took me back to the original Xbox with Rally Sport Challenge. Um, was a game that I, I loved in the early days of the Xbox, and it really had that same feel. And to the point that you already made, the difference with Rally is having that that voice, you know, like you said, the helicopter calling things out ahead of time on what the next turn is going to be, slow down here, do that. Like even during this on the couple of tracks, there'd be a chicken, some chickens on the road to call out the chickens and let you know the chickens there, <laughs> stuff like that. But um, but yeah, it, it, you know, the new area that, that it opens up, um, a lot of fun, um, a, a nice change of pace to what we'd already been doing in the base game of Forza Horizon 5 and with the Hot Wheels expansion as well to add this rally element to it uh, was, was a lot of fun. Um, the big thing that I took away from this, and by the way, I played on Series X and then when the retail version unlocked this morning, I hopped on PC and played there as well. And visually, it's just so good. It, this is just a visual showcase, both on Series X and, and on PC as well, which then makes me think ahead to what Forza Motorsport's going to be like when that comes out later this year. But what Playground Games has been able to do with this Forza Horizon, with the Forza Horizon franchise, period, <laughs> excuse me, but more specifically, five. I love this location of Mexico. I love the terrain and, and just the diversity of these areas as you're going through them. And then when you throw the rally element into it with that different types of terrain as well, with the, the cars that are built for rally. Um, yeah, it just takes it to another level. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's a blast. I loved it as well, Paris. I couldn't get enough of it, and I really loved the rally racing. That's what made it for me, right? The location yeah. for me, Andy and Paris, when I first jumped in, I was like, oh, man. It just looks like Mexico again, right? And it's, of right. course, supposed to be themed around that. It's not like Hot Wheels where you go up on the big orange track in the sky and it's brand new and different. But, like, it really comes down to terrain, right? The look might be very similar to what we've already played in the base game, but the terrain is much different, right? The roads have a whole lot yes. more bumps. You're bouncing. You're doing little mini jumps. You get in the sand, and you can really feel it when you start turning and burning in the sound or the sand, you go off-roading and you can just feel the differences from pavement to non-pavement to yep. half and half. And I think that's where they really crushed it on this of like, 
it might look very similar, but the terrain that you're going to be driving and racing on is totally different and unique, and it actually makes one heck of a difference in gameplay. And then, of course, most importantly, rally was a ton of fun. I was really blown away with what they provided on the rally side. And so the cool part is I brought up 27 races. They have three rally teams. Of course, you're going to race for each rally team, and then you're going to take on the head honcho. But each team provides something different, whether it be racing at night, racing out in the sand and the dunes, or racing on the pavement. And the coolest part is every single race has two different forms. You can either double down and follow the rally mantra, or you can race just like you normally would in Forza with all the other driver tars on there trying to race to the best. But rally was cool because it brought a brand new presentation style to the game that I really appreciated, right? You have the call out. You can see all the cars in front of you. And it's more like a time trial, Andy, right? It's not me and 11 people on the track. It's just me. And as you go forward at 25% of the race, 50, 75 and onward, you'll get little updates on your time of, hey, you're in third place. Or, hey, you've been bumped up the first because your race time is getting better, right? And so I really dug the time trial vibe because that's what I feel a lot more when we talk about Forza Motorsport on the track, right? It's me and my time usually in my head when I'm playing that kind of style of game. But I loved the co-driver up in the helicopter. What was really cool and impressive, Andy, as you start, right, you and I both know they got the sweet blue little line in front of me that I follow, and it says, slow down, Mike, it's in red, and I slow down. Or it's in yellow, and I'm like, okay, maybe go a little faster if you want. As you progress into the second race, they're like, hey, rally's all about the unknown. You should Mm -hmm. trust your co-driver. We're going to tell you on the brand new UI that, of course, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see right in front of you. Or if you jump in, you won't miss it. It's big squares in front of your face that will tell you light left turn, heavy left turn, big U-turn, or chickens, as Paris brought up. Buckle up, big boy. Buckle up. (laughs) And so the cool part is like, hey, why don't you turn off the blue race indicator and try it out. And so I really dug that they kind of took the training wheels off me with a little safety net at first. Mm -hmm. And the cool part, of course, they had this dynamic difficulty setting where as I progressed, they noticed, Hey Mike, we, we see that you're a novice and you're winning the races. How about we try amateur Mm -hmm. and how about we try pro? How about we try expert? And I love that they continue to push my driving skills to the next level without me thinking about it or me being the one to say hey man i'm just cruising and having fun on rookie what it what would it feel like an expert every single race they were like hey why don't we give you a little bump and i really really enjoyed that and i think that team deserves a whole lot of kudos for that but the rally itself is so rad and a really cool fresh take on what we just experienced back in mexico with the normal racing rally racing is a ton of fun Absolutely. And and just to elaborate on your point, uh, just about with the co-driver, I love how they will he will also call out the different terrain as you're coming up on that as well. Like, oh, now we're going to go to gravel. Oh, now we're going to sand, you know, oh, we're about to hit water. So you're getting a heads up on that as well as you're going going through with the turns. And like you, you mentioned, turning that arrow off and and having to rely on that that co-pilot to kind of guide you definitely ramps up the difficulty in it but it makes it more fun at the same time yeah um again i i had such a great time and i would actually say my favorite was racing in the sand dunes because yeah. it really really just kind of you, you feel it as, as you're you're racing through there you can definitely feel like yeah this this is how it should feel if i was in the sand it feels very like you, you, you don't have as much freedom to turn. It feels tougher when you're getting in those turns. You know what I mean? Because it's almost like you're in the mud, so to speak. You know, being in the sand. So, 
again, like you, you already mentioned, I think Playground Games has just done a fantastic job, you know, with this title and just the series overall. And yeah, it, I, I recommend to anybody, if you already own Forza Horizon 5, you got Game Pass, definitely jump into this and, and play it. I think you'll have a blast. Yeah, this looks like pure fun. Oh, were you able yeah. to do any multiplayer at all, Mike or Paris? No, I, no, I did search. Yeah, I, oh, I did gotcha. search. No, it, it was the preview didn't have anything like that. But I was looking, Andy. You know me. I was yeah. trying. It's right. Yeah. What kind of um? I know you mentioned like new vehicles. Is there anything notable, or is it like mostly a lot of the off-road offerings that these car manufacturers have? The two I liked the most when I was playing, and I think we were even shown one in the video earlier, was, was that Volkswagen Beetle. Uh-huh. Um, it's like it was like the Baja Rally, Volkswagen, whatever it's called, and then uh, there was like a Ford Focus RS. Yes. Those were probably my my two favorite that that I like to race. But like I said, there's ten in total that, that you can check out. Yeah, ten <clears> in <throat> total, me. and one new hero car, Andy. That's the <clears throat> Ford F one fifty Lightning. It's an EV electric car, so a lot oh. of people are jazzed up about that. Of course, you know the audio team takes a lot of pride in what they do over there at Playground Games, and so to be able to feel not only electric car but also hear it's rev up and change up mm-hmm. it's really really cool as well so that's well worth your time and talking about audio and visual andy there's a really cool big upgrade for car upgrades which is called the anti-lag and so essentially what that is you're going to shoot flames out of the tailpipe andy and it has that cool fire fa- or firecracker pop effect so they were oh, showing that favorite. off and Nothing better than at the starting line, just holding the handbrake and gassing it up a little bit, getting that pop behind you with the Looking flame. Looking at the dude next to you, just sipping a Red Bull or something like that. So badass. Super cool. And so like they it's brought all about out, family. They brought out all the stops for this one. And I, I really yeah. do look forward to being able to race you, Andy, and the multiplayer stuff. Of course, the design lab is back again, so people are going to be yep. able to create all of their own races, add the races, do whatever they want, which is really rad. The two ways to play, I think, is very cool. If you get bored of rally or rally's not your style, race normally. If you want to blend of both, I think that's really cool as well. Another one for me that I took away from was just like, man, oh, man, this game is just so good. And you continue to add onto a great product, right? Forza Horizon 5, a potential game of the year winner for many outlets. A couple years ago, of course, it was a front runner for many others. And it's like, you continue to nail it from Hot Wheels to this, coming back, whether you're a Laps fan or a diehard fan or someone that just wants to race every now and then. It's like you get a sweet DLC like this, perfect timing right before spring and summer. Get out there with your friends and go race. It is awesome and a great time for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much the big ones that I wanted to spotlight on Forza Horizon. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, I, I will say my one critique, Paris, my one critique. I thought it was cheeky fun with the chickens. I did wish that we added some other fun animals and or hazards that right. the co-driver could call out. Cause about by the seventh time of the chickens, you're like, yeah, all right, whatever. But like, I wish there was like, there's some, you know, mules and there's some goats, like put those in there. Let me try to drive around some cows at 90 miles an hour. I thought that would have been fun, but it is a cool little cheeky moment to smile and laugh at when you get the call out of chickens on the, on the racetrack. Yeah, I agree. Maybe that'll be Horizon Six. I love when they go to they go to Bucharest or something. Uh, oh, my final one for you, Andy. Actually, like I brought up with all the races, they have the Goliath. So there's only one Goliath. That's the oh. mega race that you and yeah. I did back in the day. So one Goliath, and the cool part about this one, Andy, is their first multi-terrain Goliath race. Right. So you will start on one side. You will rip through the fully destructible. Uh, rainforest Revelation. that they have so you can rip through all of the trees I would say about 90% of the 
of uh, Sierra Nueva is actually destructible. So yeah. there aren't really any big hazards that will hold you back and fully stop you. But you'll race through the rainforest. You'll go through the desert. You'll get up in these canyons that are really sweet looking. You'll fly off the side of a cliff. It, it's a badass race. And it's so cool. Of course, they save it till the end. But man, oh, man, once you get to that and you race that with your friends, it's going to be a blast for sure. That's that all sounds I got. awesome as hell. Yeah. yeah I want to. I, I have not even. There's just so much, so much shit mm -hmm. out there to play, right? <laughs> and I just haven't like Forza is always just kind of looming somewhere in the darkness, in the recesses <laughs> of my mind. And just watching that gameplay, it's like, God damn, I had so much fun with Forza. Like that was, I think that was like in all of our top tens that year. Yeah, what a blast yeah. that was. Forza well, for you, me. Tell me, yeah, no, please, no. Yeah, oh, I, was well, just... I was just saying, yeah, I'll say real quick. I, I mean, you know, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but. This gets me excited for whatever Forza Motorsports going to be, because yeah. not only are you going to have, <laughs> excuse me, I do apologize. I'm getting over this cold, but uh, you're getting emotional. It's okay. It's a good I know I, I get all emotional <laughs> when I, I talk about cars. No, but but it, it it excites me to see what Turn Ten is going to be able to do, um, because you know they've obviously been working on this for a very long time, and you see what Playground was able to do here with, with Five. So I'm sure they're going to take a lot of lessons learned out of that add that into whatever they're doing with motorsport. So even a rally mode like this, what is that going to look like in Forza Motorsport, right? What kind of cars we're going to have? What kind of, how is, how are they going to take the arcadeness of what we just did in horizon five and bring that into a real simulation, you know, in, in motorsport. So I'm, I'm excited for, I, I, I love the racing series that, that they've been building here. God, when, it, when if the original Forza even come out, that was, is that 05, 04, 03, 04? Are we at are we close to twenty years? Wow, <laughs> crazy! It's crazy, but they've they've done a fantastic with the series. So, like like I was saying, I'm I'm really looking forward to this next one coming out at the end of the year. Yeah, twenty twelve. Really twenty twelve was the first Horizon, right? Okay, but then I, think I saw oh five. Yeah, something like that. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, for me, it's like I'm not the biggest racer, right? I don't really like racing games, but I always loved a good arcade racer from Need for Speed Underground, right? Lego racing shout out hey yeah. 2k make that Lego yeah. game a ton of fun please but like I'm not the biggest racing fan and so games like this especially horizon get me into it I jump in I have a ton of fun right we enjoy it for the month that it releases I put it on the back burner maybe we go back and we race or DLC comes I jump right in and have a ton of fun like yeah. Forza Horizon gets me into racing games it gets me excited to try GT7 or Forza Motorsport when that comes out later on and get on the track where it's a little more hardcore simulation than the fun arcadey nature that you and I enjoy so much. So I really, really dig that. Of course, the quick rundown for you this is a $20 DLC. It's included in your sweet premium pass if you have that. But I believe, Paris, I know the chat will correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, DLC not included in Game Pass. So of course, no. you will have to buy this or have that big old, you know, season pass, whatever you want to call it premium passes for these games so something to think about but twenty dollars well worth the twenty dollars for sure of course i had a ton absolutely of fun with it uh with that let's jump into some light news to end the show we got a couple of fun things to talk about and a sad thing of course another sorrow goodbye is the first thing we have to talk about the end of the one dollar xbox game pass ultimate trial has now come to conclusion, which is too bad to hear. The Verge has reported that Microsoft has stopped the $1 trial offer for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. This news uh, are for new users jumping into the servers. The quote from Kari Perez, head of global communications at Xbox, says, quote, 
We have stopped our previous introductory offer for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and PC Game Pass and are reevaluating different marketing promotions for new members in the future. So, Paris, I loved the $1 trial. This was how I told all my friends and family anytime they asked me, hey, I got a gaming kid, or hey, I want to get into gaming. Hey, I just bought an Xbox. You always told them, hey, for $1 or even $1 for three months, you can jump in and try Xbox Game Pass. Do that. You'll have a huge library. Little sad to go. Of course, we know that Phil just a couple months ago said, hey, we don't know if we're going to be able to hold certain prices on certain things as we look to the future. Didn't think it would be this, to be honest with you, but sad to see it leave, Paris. Yeah, and the way I look at it is this. I mean, what, it stuck stuck around for six years? They, they did this. But there, there's a couple ways to look at it. Yeah, we can be bummed about it. That, oh, darn, it's going away. It's a great introductory way to get people in, into the service. But I, I tend to look at it from a content standpoint. Maybe Xbox now, and we've talked about this a million times, but maybe they're now at a point where they know the content's coming. They know they're going to have compelling things in that service that's going to want to keep people subscribed to it month after month. So let's get rid of the dollar thing. We did it for well longer than I'm, I'm sure anybody ever thought they would do. Now let's actually rely on the content in this service to get people to want to subscribe to Game Pass and be willing to do it. I would say it's still, and I, get, I know what Phil said about, you know, they may not be able to hold the prices forever. But I'm not so sure this is the time to actually raise the price of Game Pass itself. Um, that may, again, let's let's get some consistency going with content. Let's kind of have a back catalog going. Let's get Redfall out. Let's get Starfield out. Forza, you know, Hellblade 2 on down the line. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, to kind of show what the true value of it's going to be from, you know, from that pricing standpoint. We know the family plan is about to come as well. So I'm sure that's factoring into it too. But um yeah, hey, I, I try to look at the positive on this, and I go, yeah, it sucks that it's going away, but maybe this is a sign that the floodgates are, are truly about to open, you know, with content on the service. And and I think it can also just be used as a really nice opportunity for holiday-type marketing. Like, this is something you could bring back every year for Black Friday or for Christmas time or whatever. Like, true. I, I think the fact that it's always on just kind of leads people to forget that it's even a thing anymore. Um, so I, and also it's gotta be their analytics department looking at all the different Snowback Mike one, Snowback Mike two, yes, Snowback Mike 48 accounts. Mike has Don't about 30 out. different emails. <laughs> I'll be using it. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth, Andy, right? Of course you have people like that who are using it in that certain way, but yeah, I, I would never say never, right, Andy? Of course, I think this is a great marketing tool. This is a great promotion and way to onboard new people. And so I'm sure we will one day see the $1 thing, but never know. Maybe it becomes $5 is the entry as we talk about the price, right? Being locked in currently at 10 and 15 we do know one day the price will increase, right? The service mm -hmm. continues to grow. It continues to get better. Other service providers within the entertainment industry, they're raising their prices, and one day Xbox will raise theirs, right? So does the $1 become a 5 when you look at a $20 monthly subscription or 25 whatever it may work its way up to be? $5 still seems sweet. $1 is, of course, incredible. But, yeah, like you said, Paris, a lot of time and years put into the $1 promotion. So shout out to that because it was a really great way to onboard new players for me and my friends, and I really loved that. So sad to see it go. But like you said, Andy, never say never. 
because it could return one day. Yeah. Um, of course, talking about returning or possibly never returning, I want to talk about E3 with you, Paris. And I know <laughs> me and Andy, you know, this summer was going to be the Mike and Andy show all around <laughs> gaming conventions, right? Kind of funny Watch was going to push us out into the spotlight. Me and Andy, we're going to be playing all your dope video games. We're going to be meeting and greeting gamers from around the globe. But right now, it seems like our, our dreams might be dead in the water, Paris. And you, you kind of talked to me about this before, you know, on shows. I was like, hey, I love E3. And you were like, Mike, I think E3's dead as the dodo. What's up, Paris? Because this whole week has been people pulling out and rumors swirling that E3 could potentially be canceled this year. Do you really think that's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, and I think Greg actually said this best on Games Daily earlier today. Um, this this year, 2023 E3, I think still sticks around in some weird, odd form because there's probably so many commitments and things that have already happened. We have seen, you know, some people already said they have bought, you know, bought booth space, you know, in the convention center. There's the catering. There's there's all these other factors that go into you can't just last minute cancel it now because I'm sure there's certain commitments that that would happen. But I would say going to what Greg said, 2024. Uh, no, I, I think it's a wrap. Uh, I just it, it doesn't make sense when xbox playstation nintendo ubisoft now ea they're all gone they're not coming back they're just simply not sega bailed as well i i don't see them coming back i don't see what the purpose of it is and i had tweeted during the week i had said you already have jeff doing uh summer games fest right we know he does the play days you know he does the the actual showcase the you know the the live stream then the you know a couple of days after they do play days you know media gets gets to come get some hands-on time that worked last year obviously he's doing it again this year and kind of you know ramping it up xbox is still going to do their thing there ubisoft is still going to do their thing in los angeles we don't know what playstation is going to do yet but the point is there's still a reason for the media and, and a certain amount of fans to come to the LA area. Just, just call it LA games week. And you kind of put it under a central banner. Everybody comes out. Yeah. It's not all in the convention center, but you know, we're still going to, you know, have these digital events. Um, I think the pandemic kind of sh showed a lot of these companies, Hey, you can still get your message out there without, you know, going to the convention center. So I think that has a lot to do with it, rising costs, things like that. So I just think things have evolved. You know, I had put a picture up when uh, I, I, my first E3 was E3 2001. And it's amazing to see how much things have changed, you know, in 20 plus years, you know, since, since that time. And, you know, I was just by the convention center the other day when I went to the Lakers game and I'm even telling my son, I said, it, it's ironic. I said this to him because this is what's happening. I go, yeah, that's where they used to do E3. I said that to him. And he was like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And, it's 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 not going to happen. So I'm sorry. The the Mike and Andy show. I I, I don't think you're going to get to experience it. Even if it does happen this year, it's not really going to be E3. It's going to be weird. Um, you know, veterans of E3. Remember they did the Santa Monica thing back in 07. It was all these hotels. That was weird. So they're like, Let, we're not going to do that. They went back to the convention center, but it wasn't booths. It was just meeting rooms upstairs. That was weird. Then they kind of did this. Well, we're going to do booths, but they're going to be these tiny booths that aren't the, you know, 
the way they used to be that was weird so then they said screw it we're gonna go back to the way it was then all of a sudden you started seeing ea pull out you see activision yeah we don't think we're gonna come nintendo was like all right we're there but we'll do directs moving forward playstation then right before the pandemic yeah we're good we're not gonna come back xbox we're there but we're not really there because we're across the street at the microsoft theater so that's kind of weird and now jeff Keeley has made his imprint on what all this stuff is going to be and he's this is not going to go back it's just not i i would put my money on summer game fest grows as e3 goes away i think that's what happens and you'll still see xbox and you know these other publishers just do their own separate things wild you know andy i, I think back of yeah. all of my big gaming memories were watching greg miller naomi kyle andrew renee out on the e3 show floor Years ago, right? IGN holding the microphone, going to each booth. And I thought, man, that is gamer heaven. That's where I want to go one day. And me and Andy, we made it through the pandemic. And I said, Andy, we're going to (laughs) go. This is going to be you and I. And now we get here and Paris goes, Mike and Andy, that's where E3 used to be. (laughs) Now it just, it hurts, you know? Like, like, like think of this real quick. Cause you know, since I have a little bit of experience with this, when, you know, I I did did the Xbox thing a couple years ago and even last year, they pre-taped it. They pre-taped everything, and then they still had a fan fest. You bring everyone in, but you can get your production values in. You can get everything that you want set, ready to go. You still do it, and I'm doing air quotes, an in-person thing, but it's already pre-edited to your satisfaction. You don't have to worry about it being live and certain things happen, whatever. I I, I would bet money that's what Xbox is going to do again. It just makes sense. Why not? You know, you're still in L.A., the media can still come in, have hands on, do all that kind of stuff. You can still do a fan fest, interact, you know, with all the fans and everything. But the actual Xbox presentation and what they're going to show is they, it's already in the can, ready to go. And then you just bring it down here to L.A. I think that's what happens. PlayStation's clearly going to do something similar, I, I would imagine. And then well, obviously we'll see what Jeff does with, with Summer Games Fest. But I kind of think that's the future now. I just think that's that's where we're going to go. Yeah, I've been saying this for a while that it needs to be it needs to be South by Southwest. Like it needs to be like there are the South by Southwest official things and then there's a shitload of stuff surrounding it that are not official, yeah. Yeah. but are around the same time anyway. And I think mm-hmm. the name Summer Games Fest is so inclusive. It it just it's kind of built to have everything kind of work around it. You can have the official Keely stuff that all the publishers team up with, and then you can have a bunch of other developers showing up just like you were mentioning at different either ballrooms or taking over different hotel rooms to show off their games and saying like we're here for summer games fest i think keely has the name and the power behind that yeah uh, we talked on gamescast a couple of months ago about like uh tim was saying that he thinks keely should buy the name e3 and i was like i think keely is like this is my baby right i've i have started summer games fest and it is growing faster and faster, and it is becoming more and more of a thing that can become a staple uh, in this industry. So, like, I, I think you just keep on growing and running with that. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of think that's what's going to happen. Um, I, look, I'm sorry, Mike. You're not going to be able to experience like, like the Danny and I were just talking about this the other day. Like, just back in the day, we would just hustling and going from booth to booth and doing all these interviews. And then, you know, afterwards you're, you're going to all the parties and meetups and then it's four o'clock in the morning. You're like, Oh crap. I didn't sleep. Well, we're not going to do that again. 
Next night, you do the same thing again. Sorry, not, not going to have that. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> we stayed, we, we stayed at, a, at a sex dungeon, man. It was crazy, Oh, dude. man. See, they got all these stories, Paris. But you know yeah. what? Me and Andy made a ton of fun stories, and we met awesome people at GDC. So I do have one under my belt where I really loved the experience, got to play a bunch of games, got to meet awesome developers, and got to share all the enthusiasm with my friends around the globe. So I have had can I one. Say, can I say this? I saw I saw a few pictures of GDC because I I was contemplating going. I was like, should I go to GDC? No, I'm not going. Yeah, I'm going to go. No, I'm not going to go. And then ultimately, obviously, I didn't go. And then I saw pictures. I saw, I saw Andy. I saw you, Mike. I saw <laughs> Phil. I saw all these other people. I'm like, I should have gone to GDC. I had FOMO. I had FOMO like a mug, man. Well, hopefully, all get together again very very soon. Let's end today's show with one fun, awesome hype announcement for all of you. You have some new. Xbox Elite controller colors coming your way for the Core Series. Of course, if you remember, the Core Series was more of a welcoming, smaller price tag uh, way to get into the Xbox Elite controller system, if that's what you wanted, where it minus some of the add-on accessories for a lower price tag, and that came in a sweet white core colorway. Now we're adding blue and red. Of course, the iconic blue versus red coming your way in that. And so now you have three options for your core core colorways with the Xbox Elite Series 2 controller. So Paris and Andy, of course, you can always design your own Elite controller. But if you want something at a smaller price tag, you can jump in with a new colorway. What do you guys think about the red and the blue? Andy, you're my color guy. What do you think about these two additions? Pretty fire, but like legitimately over the weekend, I was already customizing a new one because uh, <laughs> I, I, I want like uh, I, I kind of forgot that they introduced those new customization options on the design lab. Yes. Yeah, this is awesome. This is great for people that don't just want the basic. Uh, it, it, is the core one in white? I core believe, is in right? white. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this is a great option for people. And again, this is the one that's at the, at the smaller price point. You don't have to worry about spending the extra money to get all the action, the extra little buttons and the different D pad and all, all the different trigger sets and everything. I think this is a great option for people, but I am uh, like within I'm days from ordering a new design lab <laughs> controller, really colorful. I'm super stoked about it. I love that. Paris, what are your thoughts on this one? No, I think it's awesome. The the red one definitely catches my eye, but to everything that Andy said, I mean, it's a great option to have. Yeah, more options, the better. Paris, you've taught me that, right? Putting the options with mm-hmm. the gamers, allowing them to choose is great, right? Sitting at a price tag currently, looks like maybe on sale, 109 right now for a core of your choosing white, red, and or blue on the website. That's pretty sweet, right? You are missing the key features, which are the back paddles, right? You got to get, if you're going to get the elite controller, you got to have the back paddles. That is the way of the future. But if you want to jump in on a cheaper price tag, maybe you're like me, you're tearing through elite controllers and you need a new one, but you have a thousand back paddles, you buy one of these, right? Or of course you can get in the design lab like Andy. For me, Andy, it's so interesting. You bring up the design lab. I am not good with colors. I can't get something cool looking at all. And you show off the Halo Infinite one, right? And for me, it's like, Team Xbox, please make some cool special edition Xbox Elite controllers because that's what I need. I need you to design it me to purchase it because i'm bad at that right i need mike just help. mike just hire me bro just hire me for i'll i'll you know i'll give you a discount set 700 bucks a night there for design lab cons- consultation you know so speaking on that i'm, I'm glad you said that mike it, it it brings me to to a side point there's such an opportunity coming up with 
both Starfield and Hellblade 2 yeah. to have custom elite controllers. I, I think those things would fly off shelves if they would do it. I know I would want one because to your point, the Halo one, you know, that I have, I love it. I want to see more things like that. And then speaking on Hellblade 2, again, bringing it back to GDC, how impressive was that Unreal 5 Woo! demo that they did? If, if even a quarter of that makes it to the final game, I mean, wow. I mean, that's when we talk next gen, when we talk what's the future of visuals going to look like in gaming, if they can hit that. Oh, man. I mean, very impressive. Very excited to, to see where, where it's going to go with Unreal 5. And then that makes me think about whatever the hell the coalition is working on, too, because we know theirs is going to be Unreal 5 as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that team over there at Ninja Theory continues to impress. They always have. But you can see the love and care that they're putting into this one. And this next project is going to be something really special. And then the future of what this team does, it is going to be really wild. And like you brought up, right, the coalition, what are they working on? How great is it going to look? I cannot wait. Unreal Engine 5 continues to impress. I mean, of course, we all knew it would, but every single thing you see come out of that continues to wow you on the gaming side. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, it's time to say goodbye. It's time to get out of here. We had a great episode, of course. We got the hype up, Lies of P with Andy Cortez coming to Game Pass. Keep your eye out for that one. And, of course, maybe you're ripping in the rally with me and Paris with Forza Horizon 5. The brand-new DLC is out right now. This has been another great episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast. We'll be back next week, gamers. Until then, play a bunch of games. Be good to one another out there. See ya.